0: Welcome to the Denver Deep Dive Podcast. We are your hosts, Charlie Cummings and Lorenzo Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us today. Our focus is on bringing awareness to the expert knowledge, passion, and personalities that have been and continue to be part of Denver's vibrant growth. On this podcast, we'll be exploring commercial real estate, cryptocurrency, cannabis, food and beverage, and health and wellness, along with the experts operating
1: enthusiastically in each space. Every episode will showcase the individuals impacting these arenas what they see as industry participants, and what new insights you can take away for yourself and your current ventures. We know we aren't the only shamelessly curious people out there, so if you love learning for its own sake, you're in the right place. Follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast. On this episode of Denver Deep Dive, we welcome Josh Morse, founder of LVN Real Estate. Uh, And Proper Home Sale, about to be launched in North Carolina, Um, a residential real estate wholesale and flipping company. Uh, LVN Real Estate is a locally owned company that provides real estate solutions to all types of property owners uh, in Colorado right now. So for uh, Josh, it's not just about making money on flips, but living a lifestyle that he always wanted to live. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for being on our podcast. Yeah, thank you. So tell us about your nickname. So, so, dumb Josh, how did this come about?
2: (laughs) um so i don't remember the specific day or time or anything like that but uh back in the day when i used to wrap bmx probably around like 20 years old or so um just people started you know saying my name was dumb josh or just calling me dumb josh or whatever um and i kind of just laughed at it because i was like whatever like i didn't care but yeah that's kind of how it came up so it's not um, the most
0: creative
1: nickname
2: yeah (laughs) i mean someone was dumb that made it up
1: (laughs) So going from dumb Josh to, I would say probably one of the most successful real estate businesses here in Colorado right now. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, Explain your journey into how you got into sales and some of the, some of the things you learned along the way that really got you into where you are now.
2: Yeah. Um, so I did, I did some like sales for like Kirby vacuums and stuff like that after, um, I did BMX and I did some ADT alarm sales and I just always realized that I always was attracted to sales in the sense that everything was a commission right so I didn't I didn't feel like I was just going to work and I was just making X dollars per hour so um, that's originally kind of how it started I just I was attracted to the idea of commission um so I, I kind of dabbled around I sold a bunch of kirby vacuums I did ADT alarms I was kind of in this phase after BMX where I was really lost I didn't know which direction to go so I was doing all types of stuff. I, I was even working at Buffalo Wild Wings.
1: So oh. I was uh, I was bouncing around. <laughs> was there a certain uh, – because, you know, the one thing about sales is that people are supposed to fail, right? Because they're supposed to really learn what they're what they sure. good at. So um, did you have a lot of those kind of things where, like, man, I failed at this? And how, what kind of picked you back up? And you're like, okay, I'm going to try this and see if this works. Was there anything that, you know, that comes to mind? Yeah.
2: Um, off the top of my head, I mean, just, like, learning to how to uh, deal with the rejection. Like that alone was huge. Like I remember just knocking doors, you know, and, and, uh, everyone's just basically telling me, am I allowed to swear on here? Sure. Oh, okay. (laughs) Everyone's telling me fuck off. So, (laughs) so, uh, yeah. So that, that was interesting to deal with. And like, you know, I started learning that just keep hitting more doors. Eventually someone's going to say yes, like Mm -hmm. something's got to happen. Um, And then I I remember when I was selling even Kirby vacuums and, you know, they're like, yeah, we have the appointments already lined up and this, that, and the other, you just got to show the product. So I drive to their house and they're like, Oh, you're here for the free carpet cleaning. And I'm like, (laughs) "Ah, right. So like to, to learn how to change my mindset from having that, you know, knowing that these appointments are set up for free carpet cleanings. And now I got to sell an $1,800 vacuum. (laughs) Um, was a very interesting experience so really mainly just learning how to control my emotions and my thoughts. Um, so yeah, that's, that's part of it, I guess.
0: Well, one thing I'm curious, cause this, this is stuff like, I, I don't remember taking any classes in school on like, you know, processing failure one-on-one. What do you think you took away from the, the rejection of the being told no and figuring out how to flip a situation that has kind of helped
2: you out now. Yeah, I, you know, I think just naturally my whole life, anytime I've had rejection or did, someone's doubted me or if I personally had self doubt, I've always learned to kind of just fight through it. Like I never really believed the thoughts or I never believed, you know, the naysayers or I never believed. Like I remember so many times people like, yeah, you know, I, I just uh, you're here to clean my carpet. That's it. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, great. Let me show you some stuff. Like I just look completely look past it, right? Sure it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I just. You know, someone tells me no, I'm just getting closer to a maybe, which potentially leads to a yes, right? So um, I don't know. I've just always had that like deep belief, like just figure it out. Just uh, someone tells me no, okay, great. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk to you today. Great. You know, uh, I'm not buying a product today. Great. You know, I just say great to everything. I don't really care. So, yeah.
1: So we see a lot of these uh, you know, we buy homes for cash sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so explain the wholesale process because there's people that go to these seminars and they're like, oh, I can make all this money. Yeah. Clearly you've been successful. So you sure. you know it works, right? Yeah. But you put in a lot of your own sweat and you figure things out. Yeah. And you've it's not been so easy as just knocking on the door and, and basically getting a forty thousand dollar check. So explain to me how I guess you figured out wholesaling, your first wholesale deal here and kind of what happened from that.
2: So I had some friends that were doing um, wholesale real estate in Austin and I kind of watched them a little bit here and there, but n- not nothing too in, in depth, right, of like education or experience that I saw, but I knew they were doing it. So um, my partner Kyle and I, um, during this time, he's like, hey, move to Colorado and let's just start real estate. I'm like, okay, cool. So I just packed my stuff and moved here. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have like the right contracts. I mean, we we're literally doing everything like the wrong way and so I just knew I knew by past experience and past business that I've had that everything was about product or service right either you're providing a product or service or a mix of both so I knew more importantly that it was about finding the product aka the property right so my first one was literally just posting ads on Craigslist like that's what I knew from my past business so, I just started posting ads on Craigslist, and a guy calls me. He's like, Hey, I got a property for sale. And I'm like, You know, and my heart's like pumping. I'm like, Oh shit, I don't know what to do. Right. Like, I have no idea what to do, but I'm like, I'm just playing it cool. Like, yeah, no, okay. Yeah. But inside, I'm like crumbling. Right. And uh, so I call him, like, Hey, I got this deal. Like, let's go look at it. You know, it's the biggest house on the block. Um, you know, during this time, the subfloor is like completely caved in. But I don't know if that's foundation. I don't know shit, right? Like, I don't I don't know that you can just mudjack that, right? So this house is outdated. A, this house is like a 1,000 square feet bigger than everything else on the block. So there's not really any comps either. So um, basically we just work a deal with this guy. We're letting him control the whole agreement and contract and revising it. Eventually we go under contract, and then I just knew, well, now what do I do? Like, we don't have, like, funding in place. We don't have – Uh, Buyers in place, like nothing. Literally, I found the product and I had nothing else figured out. So I just posted it on Craigslist. My dumbass didn't know, hey, don't put the whole address and all that. So people were looking in the windows and stuff. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, we did everything wrong. It was hilarious. But eventually, we actually did find a legit buyer. um, And you know, you could just find the buyer. Posted it on Craigslist, yeah, like that literally <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally just put it on <laughs> Craigslist. I mean, did everything wrong, literally. So um, eventually, um, uh, he ended up buying the property from us, and we made forty eight thousand five hundred. And that was like one of my first months here. Did it all in a month, and I was like, oh wow, like we can we can go bigger. Like this yeah. is crazy. So that's that's originally how I got in the real estate um, with wholesaling. But you know, the kind of run off of your question, too is, yeah, people people think they can just jump in this game, and we see it all the time. You know, I, we're always meeting new wholesalers. It seems like every week someone is a wholesaler all of a sudden, right? But they've never done a deal or whatever. and, um, we, we like working with them because we usually buy from them if they can find a, a, a property. A lot of them do fall off uh, just because they don't understand how to do it or they send us stuff that's on the MLS, which there's deals on the MLS. But I mean, this usually it's not something right. we can work. So, yeah, it takes a lot of uh, grind and it's it's not as easy as just collecting a $40,000 check <laughs> as most people think it would be.
1: And there is a sort of notion. I mean, I first thought it was sort of almost pre- could be predatory, but it's not. There are people that obviously benefit from what you do. Sure. It's not always people that are down on their last, you know, whatever, and they're just like I'm desperate. You yeah. Know? They're not, you know, we say distressed property owners, but you say you work with the people that have millions in equity. Yeah. They're just yeah. looking for an opportunity to do something with the real estate. Yeah,
2: that's so true, and that's the, that's uh-huh. the one thing. Like people always talk to me on the phone or clients or you know future clients, so they're like, you know, we're not in a distressed situation. I own four homes, free and clear. and it's almost all the time, especially in this market right now, most people have equity, right? Like most people do have 50, 60, 70, 100 grand plus in equity. So, um, you know, you have to provide more of a product and service than just, oh, I'm a cash buyer. Like that's the one thing a lot of amateurs do is they just throw a number at someone. Like that's their concern. Like most of these people don't need the money and there's other reasons behind why they want to sell. I always say if you're given a price, you're blowing your load. So it's hard to it's hard to come back from that. So
0: well, and, and you have, like the person who does have four houses they own free and clear, they don't they're probably gonna take offense to the idea that they are being perceived as someone who's in a distressed situation. So you yeah. have to approach them knowing this person is in XYZ situation, they probably wanna be they probably experience themselves this way. How do I meet them at the place where they think that they're being perceived and then we figure out how to work with them in a way that is actually beneficial to them instead of you know blowing your load on your customers. Yeah.
2: So yeah. Well, it's, it's so true though, man. It's honestly, it's like most of these people we're dealing with in this current market all have equity. Right. right. So, you know, there's usually another motive or a reason. Um, you know, something I've seen a lot is just people don't want to deal with the process of going through the traditional route of selling your property. And I always provide that. It, I always provide that as an option to them. Um, I have kind of deals worked with multiple realtors mm-hmm. and that's kind of how we have that structured. But Um, usually there's more to it. Usually they like the idea of just a straight cash offer and not have to deal with all the headaches and they know they're giving equity away. Uh, they know they're, I I tell them like, Hey, I got to make money too. Like I'm, I'm not a charity, right? Like if I don't make money, I can't, you know, do everything else I'm doing, you know, whether it's hire new people or whatever. So obviously we're in the business to make money, but more importantly, it's figuring out their motivation to sell and how we can provide that service to help them out. Mm -hmm. So
1: so yeah, how do you scale this? I know you get a lot of leads, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you have a pretty good marketing system. So explain that. Explain how you've been able to scale your business from just going off Craigslist to, you know, getting a bigger pool of buyers and sellers.
2: Yeah, I think it's well, So there's a couple variables to this, obviously. But you know, for the buyers list, it's just something we have built up over time. Right. Honestly, I think we. <clears throat> I'd have to ask how, but we probably have like 1,500 buyers and probably. 20 are real, like legit okay. buyers. Then we have our preferred buyers list, which is down to like seven people. So, okay. um, yeah, so everything, it was just over time. We just scaled. Um, you know, we hired a full-time project manager last year, which took a lot of weight off my back. Um, so I could really focus on the acquisition side. Uh, Kyle handles the marketing side and, um, that's something we've just been playing with for years. Um, from direct mail, we've done banner signs. We still do cold calling, text campaigns. I mean, you name it, we're doing it. Online SEO, uh, just a mix of everything, and just getting better at it. So,
0: what? Well, so, one of the things that we were kind of alluding to and talking about before this is, you know, so the the person who needs to get out of their house quickly, um, and because you know, Charlie mentioned this, it viewing the the wholesaler as someone who is out there in a predatory manner looking to take advantage of to people. Mm-hmm. Is that true in certain instances? Of course it is. But that's not what you guys are wanting to do. You guys are looking to provide a service. Yeah. So in the instances where that isn't the case, what are the things that are happening and how are people putting themselves in situations where they have to get out of their house as quickly as possible? Because mm-hmm. I think that that's something that isn't Pointed to and discussed as much yeah. as the activities that people see that are more publicized.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, with people that are in that situation that have to sell quick or they're in some type of tight situation, mm-hmm. um, it's a mix of things, man. I mean, it could be just they took on too much. They lost their job. Maybe there's health issues. Um, maybe, I mean, even if they're just moving out of state and they got to sell their house fast because their company's making a move in a week, right? Um people over leverage themselves on car loans, right? Like the, the auto loan industry is completely inflated and they're giving loans to anybody. Right. Um, you know, credit card debt, student loan debt. So it's just usually people are just strapped too thin. And no money
1: down. I mean, I, I know some people should t- of t- promote this and realtors, you know, get all these programs, but it's awful. It's an yeah. awful situation. Here's,
2: I mean, here's my thing. If you got one, two, three percent and that's all you're putting down and that's all your money, you're buying a house, um, keep renting. Right. Just keep renting. Um, there's a time and a place to buy a house and yes. there's more to it than just, oh, I put my $3,000 down and, and that's it. Like there's, you know, there's going to be stuff in the house that breaks. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always say you should have at least 20% of whatever you're purchasing. Right. And if you're putting 3% down, well, then you still have 17% on the side of that. Uh, that purchase right, value. Scraping
0: out of that three percent barely. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, yeah, there's the real estate's, uh, especially if you know whether you're the consumer or you're an investor, it doesn't matter. Usually, there's money
1: involved one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. So, hmm. what would you say the <clears throat> mistakes other wholesalers make that you've seen out there? I mean, probably putting no money down or not putting the earnest money. That clearly, there they can walk right. Yeah, uh, there's no there's no skin for them in it. So. What are some things you see that other wholesalers just mess up on constantly?
2: Yeah, I mean some wholesalers, they just don't know what they're doing and they go under contract because they're taught just get the deal and go under contract and then figure out the rest later. And yeah, that's true to a degree, but more importantly, you got to somewhat have like some strategy into it. Uh, you don't want to just put a bunch of stuff under contract and then bail because what ends up happening is you put a bad taste in that person's mouth because you are not – Um, skilled, skilled enough to be able to handle that transaction. And now they're like, well, we're just going to work with a realtor because this isn't a shady investor and blah, blah, blah. And there's actually real investors like ourselves that are truly buying these properties, you know, that we truly have the ability and resources to buy these things. And, you know, we still wholesale, you know, uh, probably 20% of our business is wholesale, but you know, 80% is us personally acquiring the assets. So um, I think usually that's the biggest mistake is just wholesalers going under contract that can't perform. Um, and, and there's other variables to that, but that that's definitely a big one for sure. Hmm.
1: But yeah, would you say that, uh, you know, and, and talk about more, kind of how we got connected through a commercial, right? And yeah. So one of the things is I, you give me some leads and you bet them, but one of the things I think is amazing is that your follow-up, regardless of what's going on, you're just always on top of these people yeah. just checking up. You're not like, hey, is this price worth for you today? You're just checking up to see what's going on. And that's yeah. one of the things we talked about because nobody's doing that I mean, yeah even i mean it's 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 embedded into so a lot of brokers to do that but people just don't do it they're like yeah. well i don't have anything to say so why would i call why would i call josh why would i call lorenzo like there's a point but that little bit will set you apart because yeah. believe it or not when you don't follow up and you've missed three months that person's moved on to something else they and forgot about you completely, completely yeah 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 yeah
0: when a lot of people it's because I, I mean charlie and i have this conversation quite a bit it's And and not that I'm immune to, you know, having no fear, no hesitation when it comes to having direct conversations, because it's always challenging, but it seems like a lot of times people don't want to just jump on the phone and like ask questions or provide information or have updates. They don't want to have direct human
2: interaction. I mean, that's great for me. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. And it's funny that you said that because that is a little trick of the trade that I have. I'll just, I'll call, I'll call someone that I'll just call somebody and say, hey, how you doing today? This is Josh. They're like they're and they're confused. They're like, Josh who? Oh, the the real estate buyer. Uh we, we spoke about three months ago. Just want to touch base and see how you're doing. Oh I'm good. Oh, okay, great. Well, you know, I help I hope you're having an awesome weekend. Are you gonna be watching the Broncos game uh this week? Oh yeah, okay, awesome. Well I'll touch base in the future and if you have any questions, you got my number. That like that little trick right there is like huge.
1: And how many times have people called you? out of the blue because you were following up. Right.
2: Oh yeah. I mean it totally. Yeah. I mean it, it totally works. Right. That's why I do it. Um, but it's that discipline, man. It's really just digging deep and, and, uh, just calling people and they're so thrown off. That's the best part is like, you're not selling a product or service. You're just literally calling and say, Hey, how you doing? Like they're, they're, it's so funny. Uh, it's something I love doing. I actually thoroughly enjoy it. So. <laughs>
1: well, no, it's, it's funny
0: how sometimes the, the, the conversation that makes people most uncomfortable is the one where there's nothing being offered or sold.
2: Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, they're, they're so thrown off. They're just like, what the heck? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's just something nobody does. And uh, I personally, I think it works. I mean. You know, everybody's different, right? So, like, people are going to, you know, operate a little differently the way that you call them or whatever. But I think, you know, being skilled on the phone is learning how to adapt and just kind of overcome when, you know, the way that people react or talk. And um, that's a great way is just not be selling anything. Just call and say, hey, how are you? So...
0: Well, and, and so, I mean, this is one of the things that is clearly working for you. So, you know, if I'm someone who's thinking I would love to get into your specific line of work or I have an idea that I want to pursue, because what I think this boils down to is, you know, you you said this before we started recording, but you had a sense that you knew you were going to do something of value, of worth that would make you successful, that would make you, you know, experience meaning for the people out there that know that there's something out there that they are meant to, that they, they don't know what it is yet. Yeah. You know, what would you
2: tell that person? Cause you've moved through this yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, say you're in that situation and they're calling you dumb Jennifer or, you know, say, <laughs> you know, you know dumb Josh or whatever, you know, say you're in that situation where people are doubting. Like, honestly, I say fuck doubters, like believe in yourself. Like for me personally, I've always had that deep drive. So, and I couldn't see, like, the direction. I, I could kind of see, like, an idea of where I wanted to be, but I didn't know what that road looked like. I just knew that that's where I wanted to be, and I, I've always just kind of went after that idea, whether I fail or not. I've had many failures. So it wasn't like, you know, now I'm like some hot shot real estate investor. you like, just in every
1: deal you have a closed.
2: Yeah, you know, well, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> surprise. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really just, like, belief, man. Like, really just digging. You know, and just, I I always say it's all about your habits, you know, your organization skills, your persistence, your focus, you know, what time are you waking up? What is your, what is your mind thinking about throughout the day? Are you, are you, you know, dicking off and you're playing around on your video games in the middle of the day and you have these big goals, but you're doing something completely that doesn't make sense towards getting that goal. Well, you got, you got some things to figure out, right? And for me, I'm not perfect and I'm always trying to enhance my abilities, whether it's my cognitive abilities, um, whether it's my health, you know, I've been sober for now three months in it, and that's something that makes me feel uncomfortable, right? I, When when I started this little, whole sober tip of not drinking, I thought about when's the last time I was sober? I was like, I couldn't even think like when's the last, or sorry, when's the last time I was sober for more than a month? I couldn't even think of it really, right? So I just wanted to test myself. So um, yeah, anyone that's out there and they're calling you in dumb Josh or dumb Jill or whatever, I just say, <laughs> Fuck them. Like, because you got to remember that if you can pull it off, right? If there's that slim chance you can pull off your goal, your dream, no matter how big or small it is, well, you're living your life the way you want, designed it, how you wanted it. And more than likely, all those people that were running their mouth 10 years ago probably doing the same shit. Right. right. So, so go after your goals for yourself. You know, and let those let the haters or the doubters be motivation for you. Use them as leverage, right? That's what I did. I was, it, they were. They would say, "Oh, it, it was the same thing with sales." They'd be like, "Oh, I, well, I used to work for Verizon. I would sell phones. Hey, I'm not here to buy a phone. I just want to pay my bill." Great. In my mind, I'm like, "I'm about to sell you a phone," right? Same concept. Someone says you're dumb, just be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm smart." Or the I'm, best I'm person says up. no,
1: right? Yeah. It's the best for a salesperson. So we oh, great. Say no
2: yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I, I always wrap the negative negativity to a positive like outcome. And I'm not perfect, you know, I have negative thoughts sometimes. Uh, who doesn't, yeah. right? But that naturally that's what I've always done is taken that negativity and use it as momentum. So I like it.
0: Well, so I mean, you know, we we've seen Denver grow like bonkers over the last 10 years or yeah. so. So you know, as you're you know, you guys are operating your business, you're here in Colorado, mm-hmm. you're kind of here in and around Denver. How do you see what, you're, what, what you guys are doing kind of informing Denver's growth and how do you see Denver contributing to the way that you guys are, are operating your business?
2: Yeah, I mean, Colorado has been great. So, I, you know, it, the, the economy has been awesome. Um, you know, with the boom has been uh, the ability to be able to get deals and work them and whatever and um, limit your ability for uh, mistakes. Or if you make a mistake, you can still make a profit. Right. That's we're in a rare economy where you can make a bunch of mistakes on a deal and still make money somehow. That's not going to happen when the economy drops. Right. So um, mainly that's the, the, the biggest take from Denver's economy is that like I can make mistakes and still get paid. Like, oh, my God, I'm getting a free education. And I'm getting paid for it is really what the economy is doing for us. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest outtake is just knowing that we can make those mistakes and still get paid um, that's, that's rare. That keeps a business, you know, sustaining and moving forward. So,
1: um, yeah. Would you say social media is, is going to be a big part in your innovation?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so we, we kind of talked about this, but yeah, the, the content game is about to get real quick, uh, real, real quick, or I don't know how to say it, but it's going to get real. Um, yeah, no, it's huge. Uh, you know, if you ever think about, um, kids that are being brought up right now, you know, they're, what are they paying attention to YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook? Yeah. And that's, that's what our, you know, in the future, that's, that's what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. So if you create that presence now, then uh, more than likely you're going to be, uh, you know, a big face of whatever market or industry you're in in five or 10 years. So that's something I've definitely been focusing on. I like it. Well, I
0: mean, and, and so, you know, like piggybacking off of that, what are some of the other like concepts, ideas, strategies that are coming down the pipeline in your specific line of work that you that you think are going to keep gaining popularity?
2: Um I, When you say like, as in like marketing or like personal branding, it could be both. Yeah. Well, because it, I mean, you, I and I ask because you
0: you've continued to push on ways that you guys can kind of grow and innovate, and so it seems like you're pretty aware of. New things yeah. that are coming, you know, coming down the pipeline that other people may not be
2: aware of. Yeah, um, when it comes to marketing, at least for trying to buy real estate, mm-hmm. we're always trying new stuff—email campaigns or new SEO type of stuff. Um, because with the market, you have to adapt and adjust, right? And people respond differently in different markets to how you market. Um, I mean, we've done mailers where we have a picture of their house on it, and they call us like, "You're taking a picture of us, you asshole!" We're like, no. Well, and I have to be like, no, oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, it wasn't us. It was actually a, a search engine uh, called Google. Mm-hmm. And I can actually refer you to their information if you're concerned about the photos they're taking of your property, right? So there's these little techniques and tricks um, that you're always having to adapt when it comes to uh, marketing your brand, right, for your business and trying to acquire residential properties. Uh, personal branding, um, that's a whole new world that I'm, I'm figuring out, Right. Uh, But yeah, just getting content out there. Um, One thing I'm actually working on is making a YouTube channel and Instagram, not just talking about business and like ticky tacky corny shit, like, cause there's only so many people that can, (laughs) well, seriously, right? Like there's only so many people that are going to be able to relate to real estate. So I'm going to be like, I don't care
1: about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Most people aren't going to care. So I don't care about
1: making money. I don't care about wealth.
2: Uh, There there, are people. Yes,
0: there are people. Yeah. Yeah. Show me how to be better at being indulgent. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's um for for me i'm thinking about or i'm doing this channel now where i can actually show uh, a side of me which i'm huge in the cars so i'm gonna it's gonna be a mix of business and mainly cars and and show that the car scene in denver is super legit there's some crazy exotics here so i'm gonna start capturing that in for you know that footage but then also uh capture you know maybe have some interviews with some of these guys that do have exotics and see how they were able to acquire these um would be pretty interesting so um yeah so on the personal branding side that's what i'm working on too so
1: well how can people get in touch with you
2: sure so uh for colorado if you're interested in any real estate in colorado or doing business with us lvnrealestate.com or just go to facebook look up joshua p morse like morse code and uh, if you are interested in any business in North Carolina, properhomesale.com. Uh, my Instagram's is Joshua P Morse M O R S E. And yeah. Oh, and we got a meetup on uh, every second uh, Thursday of the month called the Agent and Investor Meetup. So if you're interested in that,
1: reach out to me. I can send you the info. Okay, love it. Great. Well, thanks again. Yeah, yeah. thank great. you guys. Absolutely.